0: Our scripture reading this morning is from John 17, 20 through 23. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe. That you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. This is God's word.
1: Last week I introduced a report from the Book of Acts where Luke recounted Paul's last word for the church in Ephesus. Today we want to look at something that is similar. It's reported by the Apostle John. It's the last words of Jesus before he was later betrayed in the garden on that same day. Uh, The section in John is chapters 13 through 17 and first there is a discourse and then there's a prayer in chapter 17. Here's how this evening begins. Now before the feast of the Passover Jesus knowing that his hour had come that he would depart out of this world to the Father having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end. During supper the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot the son of Simon to betray him Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. And he proceeded to wash the disciples' feet. Then he predicted his betrayal. Judas scurried out. Then he comforted and he encouraged And he prepared the eleven for what was to come. And then finally in chapter 17, he prayed for them. And this morning I want to focus on just four verses of that prayer. Because interestingly, in that prayer, this is on the night in which Jesus was betrayed. He actually prayed for you and prayed for me. Jesus asked Father to do something for us. Obviously, if he's praying for that on the night in which he's betrayed, it matters profoundly. So what did he ask Father for? For us? The answer is in verse 21 of chapter 17. Uh, We'll get there in just a minute. He longs for something. Even as he's preparing to walk to Calvary... And as I prepare to conclude my season among you, his prayer is my prayer for you as well. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Jesus is not just praying for the 11. He is praying for them. But he's also praying for all who believe through their word. And you know my story that you know, I came to Christ when a guy came to Harvard and spoke in the 50s and I said, this makes so much sense to me. And who led him to the Lord? I don't know. And who led him to the Lord, et cetera. It would go all the way back to the original 11. Jesus says, I'm not just praying for these 11, but he's actually looking through them and he sees you. Everyone who has believed the gospel. That's who he's praying for. And so I want to help you understand what Jesus' prayer for you is and help you understand the meaning of it. Now, his request is captured in one phrase. He says, that they may all be one. Now, what do we know about this oneness? What's he talking about? And from these four verses, 20 through 23, we can actually understand three things, three truths about this unity. We're gonna, I'm going to help you understand what he was asking for and, by the way, what he wasn't asking for. <laughs> so through this and some other verses from John that are going to help us, we're going to actually learn three things. Jesus says, I want them to be one. One. We're first gonna learn the definition of oneness. What is it that this oneness, what is it? And what isn't it? So that's gonna be the definition. Second thing we're gonna learn is the basis of oneness. How is it produced? Where does it come from? And then third, the fruit from this oneness. What does it accomplish? Uh, What does it do? So let's jump in. First, let's get a definition, all right? What is this oneness for which Jesus prays? And he says in verse 21, that they may all be one, even as, ooh, here's a comparison. So he's going to tell us something about this oneness. That they may all be one, even as, Father, you are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us. So this oneness that he desires, that he's praying for, is actually something that reflects the oneness that he experienced with the Father. He's saying, I would like, and he's looking at you, not just the 11, but through them to us, and he's saying, I want them to experience the same thing that I have experienced with you, Father. (laughs) Well, okay, Uh, tell me more. He says in verse 22, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. So he wants them to experience a oneness with the Father, but also a oneness with himself. Okay, what does that consist of? Now, this is actually somewhat astounding to me. <laughs> I mean, think about the closeness of Jesus and the Father. Jesus is on the night in which he's betrayed, he's saying, Father, would you allow those who believe the gospel to actually experience the same thing that I am experiencing with you and for them to experience that both with you and with me? So what is this? What does this mean? Now, fortunately, there are a number of passages, and I'm not going to show you all of them, but I'm going to show you some of them. There are a number of passages in the Gospel of John in which Jesus talks about this oneness between he and the Father that's going to help us understand what this oneness is that he wants us to enjoy as well. So I'm going to show you some things on the screen because I don't want to get you... uh, seeing too much or getting overwhelmed by it some of them I'm not going to show you but the references are in your printed notes so you can find all the verses I'm going to refer to for the most part in the printed notes get this here's the core definition oneness for Jesus it's core definition number one I'm going to give you a second one in a little bit oneness for Jesus means doing what the father does in the way father does it One work. In other words, what Father does, that's what I'm about. That's one aspect of oneness. Now, let me show you some verses where this comes through loud and clear. Uh, first in John 5:19, he says, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does... These things the Son also does in like manner. In other words, what Father's about, that's what I'm about. John 10, 32, I showed you many good works from the Father. In other words, I've been doing the things that Father does, that he's about. Here's one that connects this to oneness. Listen, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. You see what's going on here? He's saying the unity that I have with the Father is expressed in the fact that his agenda is my agenda. His works, my works. What he wants to do, that's what I want to do and nothing else. Jesus' purpose is aligned with God's purpose, which means for us, oneness with the Father and with Jesus means that our work is his work, and his work is our work. To be one with the Father means we are fully engaged in what he and Jesus wants. What they want done, that's what I want done. That's all I live for is to do what Father once done. To be one with the Father means we are fully engaged in what he and Jesus once done. That's my life. His work is my pleasure. Give me a couple more verses. John eight twenty nine. he says, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. That's a function of his oneness with the Father. I'm not alone. John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So the first aspect of oneness that Jesus is praying for for you is oneness of work. That what Father does is what they do. Second aspect, oneness for Jesus means saying what Father says, one message. You know, first part was one work. We are about the same work. We are also got the same message. 8.28, Jesus said, And I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. I'm not telling you anything but what Father would say. 1250, I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. 14, 9 through 11, Jesus said to him, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is me? See, here's a connection between oneness. He's using the same language as in his prayer. The Father and I are one. Therefore... The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Basically, what he's telling us is that oneness is oneness of words. Previous verses have shown you oneness is oneness of works. Father's works, that's what I'm about. And here what you're seeing is Father's words, that's what you'll find on my lips. Jesus' words align with what God says. So for us, oneness with the Father and with Jesus means that our message is his message and his word is our word. To be one with the Father means what we say reflects what God has said. His message is our message. So let me summarize what I've said so far in this kind of definition of oneness that Jesus is talking about. So when Jesus is praying for us, on the night in which he's betrayed, he's praying not just for the 11, but he's looking through them and he's praying for you. And he's saying, I want every person in this room who has embraced the gospel to experience the same oneness that he experienced and experiences with the Father. And he's saying, Father, I want you to work in such a way that your words are their words and your works are their works. Now let that sink in for a minute. I mean, is that not an astounding, remarkable request? Jesus wants us to experience what he experienced. How in the world is that possible? Let me talk about the basis for oneness, all right? Now, in his prayer, Jesus provides a clue. You know, how is it possible for us to actually have his works be our works and his words be our words? How can that even happen? Well, in his prayer, Jesus provides some clues about the basis of oneness. And here's what he says in verse 20. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who, get this, believe in me through their word. In other words, his work, his words, become my works, my words, when I believe in Jesus. That's the key condition. It is not possible to experience this oneness with Father and with Jesus without believing in Jesus. Okay, so what does it mean to believe in Jesus? And in John 12 we get a wonderful presentation. In the book of John everything ramps up to chapter 12 where it becomes very clear that Israel is saying no to Jesus and then he meets in the upper room and prepares the eleven for what is to come. But in chapter 12, kind of the climax or a climax in the book of John, he tells us a lot about what it means to believe in him. So listen to this passage and see if you can pick up some clues on what it means to believe in Jesus. Nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him. For fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. A couple things we just picked up there. To believe in him means to confess him and to desire the approval of God more than the approval of men. And Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. So to believe in Jesus is also to believe in Father who sent him on a mission. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, so there it's about hearing but also keeping, I do not judge him for I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings, there's another clue. As one who judges him, the word that I spoke is what will judge him in the last day. So basically, just from this passage alone, to believe in Jesus means to confess him publicly, to declare, Jesus is my Savior. That's what we do when we're being baptized. We're declaring, Jesus is my Savior. We're declaring, he is my Lord. I desire his approval more than the approval of men. I believe that Jesus did what God sent him to do, I am committed from this day forward to the best of my ability with God's help to keep his commands. And I am embracing Jesus' message to everyone who says to each of those, yes, yes, yes. Jesus says, Father, give them the capacity to speak what I speak and to do what I do. To all who believe in Jesus, they receive the ability to say and do what God once said and done. Now, that, <laughs> that seems so profound. Is it really that simple? Come to Jesus? I like to think of this as kind of like a light switch. When you come to Jesus, it's like turning on a light switch. Now, that's a very small thing. To, I, I'm doing this. Nowadays, we do that or so on. But an old-style light switch, you know, you flicked it up. Unless it was a three-way, then it depends on what the setting was. But we won't get into that. Anyway, you flip it up. That's a small thing, isn't it? But what happens? Well, somewhere, I don't know where, I don't understand this whole thing, and what happened on November 6th, a long time ago, when the, you know we created this, whatever it is, the power group. And somewhere, somewhere, there's a generator that's using coal or hydroelectric, and it's generating power that goes through some wires that's at a certain voltage that can be transmitted great distances, and then it goes to a transformer that dials it down, and then it goes to a distribution in a community where it gets dialed down further, and eventually it comes through some wires into my house, and it goes through the breaker panel, and then it comes to that location where that switch is, and when I flip the switch, all of that machinery... has said, okay, Jim, you want some light? No problem. And I just do that. Jesus reveals that there is a power generator that is at work behind my simple decision, I believe Jesus. And would you like to see the generator? John 14, on this very night, Jesus says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper, which implies, I've been helping you so far. But we're going to get another of the same kind of helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is this massive engine work to where when I say, Jesus, I believe, he makes it possible for me to actually say what God says and do what God does. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. I'm going to be able to recall things that God says in his word. I mean, I memorize a lot of scripture. But I'm amazed in certain moments where God brings to mind that scripture that I need. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. But I tell you the truth, this is John 16, 7. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You're actually going to be better off. Really? Right now, if I leave, because when I get to heaven, I'm going to say to Father, the sacrifice has been made. I'll explain that in a while. And Father is going to say, Spirit, go. And Pentecost happened. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for all who simply believe in Jesus to say and do God things. So far, we've said, all right, what's the definition of oneness? According to Jesus and all the things that he said in the Gospel of John, oneness means his work is our work and his word is our word. Shorthand, maybe this helps we speak jesus and we do jesus how does that happen what's the condition we said we experience oneness with the father and the son through god's spirit who's doing all the heavy lifting when we believe in jesus Now, let me give you an illustration of what this is like. Some of you have said my math is off. One plus one equals one. you got a problem, Jim. And yes, but I'd like to explain some of God's math, all right? For example, here's a man, here's a woman, and they both say, I do. And in that moment, God actually joins them together and the two become one. Now they don't dissolve into kind of this combination person. They're two people, but they are experiencing oneness in the form of what I am committed to, Rochelle is committed to. We're committed to the same work. What I say, what Rochelle says, it's the same. Ask our kids when they were teenagers, when they would come and they would say, Hey, Dad, I want to go da 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 And I say, well, what did your mom say? That's what I say. That's oneness. Because what she says is what I say. What he does is what she does. And Jesus is saying, I want my followers, those who believe in me, to experience the same thing. What should I do, Jim? What does God say? That's what I say. Now, I need to clarify something here. Um, Jesus' prayer focuses on oneness with the Father and Himself, not with each other, per se. But this oneness with the Father does have implications for oneness with another. In other words, here's the Father, and if I am becoming more and more united and at one with Him, and you are doing the same, we the distance between us diminishes. So as we become one with the Father and one with Jesus, there is a unity between us. The closer our words are to God's words, the greater our experience of mutual oneness. The closer our works are to God's works, the greater our experience of mutual oneness. But the promotion of oneness with each other must never trump the pursuit of oneness with God. Are you sure, Jim? Here, let me give you some examples from the book of Revelation, all right? Now, Jesus is the one actually talking in chapters 2 and 3. He instructed John, I want you to write a letter to seven churches, and you need to tell them certain things. In some cases, I have commendation. In some cases, it's all commendation. Uh, But there's also words of rebuke that he has for some of these churches. So let's look at a few and see how they fit with our understanding of oneness. Uh, To Thyatira, he says in 2.20, but I have this against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Here's Jesus talking to a church and he says, your tolerance is intolerable be holy the way i'm holy means no tolerance for an advocate of words and deeds that i condemn i gonna show you another It's Ephesus in 2.2 i know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false did you catch what Jesus just said to them? Your intolerance is commendable. There are people among you, and they don't say what I say. By the way, that's oneness, isn't it? And thereby demonstrate themselves as false. Let me show you one more. This one, if, those two, if you're struggling with the last two, you're going to struggle with this one. But it's in the Bible. So your struggle is not with me. I'm just telling you things that God says. Ooh, oneness. Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. (laughs) You hate what I hate. Implication, because you love what I love. Oneness with God means we love what he loves and therefore hate what he hates. You know that there are, I think there's 19 or 20 things that are mentioned in the Bible. There's one verse in Proverbs where you can get seven if you're on a harvest for this. But there are uh, 20 things that God hates. Do we hate what he hates? Oneness means we love what he loves and we hate what he hates. Oneness with God means our works are His works are our works, and his words are our words. And oneness can only be enjoyed with those who share that same devotion. So I got a question for you. What great challenge are you facing? Is there a part of you that says, I wish I knew what God's perspective was? I wish I knew what Jesus would do in this situation. Jim, you don't have a clue what I'm dealing with right now. That's true. But Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You can ask Jesus, because Jesus' prayer was answered you can ask Jesus, would you give me your words to say? Would you show me what you would do, Father? Because your Spirit has given me the ability to say what you would say and do what you would do. Now, you can go to the Bible as an expression of a desire for your words to be God's words uh, I I try to go to the Bible every day, not to do sermon prep or something like that, but just to say, God, what do you want to teach me today? And almost every day, I stop when he shows me what it is. Whatever Jesus is telling you, whatever God is telling you, then do what he tells you to do. Jesus said, I'm the vine, and you're the branches. He who abides in me he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for you to hear what Jesus would say to your situation and then to do what he wants. It is mind-boggling. I can speak and do Jesus? Yes. You know, there's an interesting phenomena that I've experienced. I realize that this is probably more of a preacher thing, but... I've had people, uh, not just in this church, but in other places where I've been, come up to me, and they will say something like this: "I don't know what anybody else was hearing, but it was like you were talking to me." And then they share something that they got out of the sermon. And I'm trying to not look at anybody in here who has said to this to me, so I won't give you a whammy. But they say it was like God was talking to me. And in some cases, I've thought to myself as they shared. I don't remember saying anything about that. <laughs> that was Father. As Jesus. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And somehow, something I may have said was a trigger. But then God said, let me take it from here, Jim. And he said something to them that grew out of his word. It was very clear. Okay. So I've told you about the definition. Oneness means his work is our work, and his word is our word. We speak Jesus, and we do Jesus. The condition for oneness, we've looked at that. We experience oneness with Father and Son through God's Spirit when we believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. One last thing, the result from oneness. What does this oneness accomplish? He says in verse 21, that they may all be one so that, result cause that the world may believe that you sent me. Then later in verse 23, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you've loved me. The oneness of believers in Jesus with the Father produces two results. Uh, the first one, our unity with the Father makes it easier for the world to come to Jesus our message is credible. When we do the kinds of things that Father does, when we say the things that Father says, then the world says, this makes sense. Our oneness makes our message credible. And when God's word is our word and God's way is our way, our message to the world becomes actually believable. I love this quote from Cruz. Their living relationship with the Father and the Son through the Spirit would give credibility to their message about Jesus and lead many in the world to believe in Jesus. When my work is Father's work, when my words are Jesus' words, put your own pronoun in there, when your work is his work, your words are his words that's when the world says this makes sense this is what happened on the day of pentecost holy spirit showed up in a church of 120 people the next day 24 hours later was a church of 3120 people <laughs> and then this next thing that is accomplished when we experience oneness with the father and with the son is that the world knows that we are people whom God loves no less than he loves Jesus. Now, this is the one that boggles my mind. Our oneness makes our identity obvious. When God's word is our word and God's way is our way, we are manifest as people God loves no less than he loves Jesus. I mean, think about that. God loves, I'll just talk to me at the moment so I don't point at you. God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. I mean, I I have trouble wrapping my mind around that because I know who I am. But there it is in the word. Now put it to yourself. God knows everything about you. He knows everything you've done, even the things that nobody else knows. But those who believe in Jesus through the power of the Spirit are one with him. And as we are one with him, our identity, we are loved as much as Jesus, is manifest to the world. God loves us like he loves Jesus. That's incredible truth number one. But this fact becomes obvious to the world when our oneness with Father and Jesus is displayed. Now I have a few more things to say to you, but I'm gonna say that after we pray pray and prepare for communion. Let's pray. Father, I can't believe your son and his prayer. <laughs> I mean, it boggles the mind that we could actually be a people who can do the things that you would say, now that's what I want. And who can say things that you would say, now that's what I approve of. And yet you answered his prayer and you made it possible and we are in awe of you. Help us to be a people who every day are going deeper with you and experiencing oneness with you and with your son. In Jesus' name. Amen.